Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm excited to have Kelsey Ravindran on. Welcome, Kelsey. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so excited to talk to you. So a little background for everyone. I actually started following Kelsey last year on Instagram, maybe, um, and really resonated with you. And I asked, I remember asking you if you would jump on a Zoom call with me because that's when I was kind of thinking about doing chronic illness coaching and like podcasts and all that stuff. And I wanted to just hear about other people's stories. Um, But yeah, I had just started the podcast and wasn't looking for people to interview yet, but I knew that I wanted to have you on eventually. So I'm excited for everyone to hear about your story. And um, I think that your story is super powerful. And I think that Mm -hmm. the way that you give yourself grace every day is also inspiring. So I'm excited to talk to you. So without me continuing to ramble, (laughs) would you mind telling us a little bit about you and who you are outside of chronic illness? And then we can move into your story. Yeah, definitely. Um, So thank you for those words. First of all, it's so touching. Um, Outside of chronic illness, I um, spend a lot of time in relationship. Relationships are very important to me. But before chronic illness kind of hit, became this debilitating piece in my life. I was working as a psychotherapist, um, working on my aromatherapy certification, which I did end up finishing. And that was basically my life. I was newly married and trying to build my career. And that was my main focus. Um, These days, kind of being debilitated, I'm not working. So I've had a lot of time trying to figure out how to heal and different ways to heal. And that's kind of my focus now. Mm -hmm. Um, Chronic illness really is the main focus of my life. Um, Which is unfortunate, but I am also really privileged to be able to do that and to have the access to, to health and, and to healing possibilities that I do have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's honestly right now, not so much of my, li- not so much going on in my life outside of chronic illness because it really, it's, it's taken over and it really has um, taken away a lot of my functioning. But um, so I spend a lot of my time focused on my mental health and sharing that with people on Instagram. Um, Instagram has been an amazing outlet for me ever since I did become um, disabled because, you know, that just lends, you're so vulnerable to isolation and, um, it's hard to get off the couch. It's hard to leave. So to have this device where you can connect with so many other people that are going through similar things and, um, positive kind of messages. Cause it's so easy to just completely get down on yourself and lose that sense of worth that you used to find from work or that you used to find from socializing. Cause it all just kind of gets taken away. So a lot of my time really goes to focusing on mental health and healing practices and exploring that. And I actually, I mean, I honestly have a natural interest in all of that anyways. So I guess that's helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So what are the chronic illnesses and autoimmune issues that you deal with on the daily? Yeah, so um, I, my first issue that I ever kind of dealt with was chronic migraines. And um, I've had those since I was five years old. And then I believe that I had Hashimoto's probably from a very young age, but it was diagnosed um, when I was 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we are, we're, we're concerned. We know there's a pathogenic problem going on, but we're, we're looking at Lyme, potentially chronic Lyme disease, um, a parasite, possibly parasite issue, and then as well as mold toxicity. So there's a few things now that are kind of like up in the air. I'm not really sure. Like I, I don't feel comfortable necessarily saying I have chronic Lyme, but it kind of looks that way. We're just, we're working with treatments to try and see how that goes. But those are kind of those are the main issues that I deal with on a daily basis is migraine, Hashimoto, and possibly Lyme disease. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so many fun things to deal with at one time. Right. So what are some of the debilitating symptoms that you deal with? The most debilitating symptom for me definitely is um, the migraine pain, the head pain. Um, It is just, it's the most powerful symptom when it is loud, when it is there, it it really, it takes over. Um, Yeah. And then a second to that fatigue is very difficult. And that's one that's, that's one that's difficult for me to acknowledge. Um, For some reason, it's easier for me to get, give weight and merit to pain, but fatigue, you know, it's, it, it can flatten you and you can't get off the couch. You have no energy, but you, you don't understand why, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say after that is fatigue and then brain fog is probably a, a nice third, third a place nice third for one. these guys. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Um, so I've had migraines since second grade. Great. Like, I'm grateful that mine aren't chronic. Mine, I, for the most part, know what triggers mine sometimes. I don't have control over it, but um, I, I can usually, once it's a, at a pretty bad headache stage, I can control it so it doesn't turn into a migraine, but I have had them before. But mm-hmm. I think that it would be interesting from your perspective, if you could, to kind of explain the difference between a migraine and a headache. I think that mm. the word migraine is thrown around pretty easily. I see it sometimes on Instagram where people are like, oh, I have a migraine today, and they're like, at work, like, oh, I have such a migraine today. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sure you have a horrible headache. But right. sometimes I think it downplays the severity of a true migraine. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, people definitely use those two terms out of context all the time. Um, I think kind of the most simplest thing to kind of grab onto here is that a headache is is a lot simpler, in my opinion. It's it's a headache. You are experiencing head pain. You might experience a few things because of that head pain, but it's basically head pain. A migraine is your whole, I mean, your whole body's involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, from my experience, I honestly haven't had that many headaches in my yeah. life. I've, I've had way more migraines. So from my experience with headaches, the difference in the pain is also extremely different. Like, yes, you can have a bad headache, but it's like the quality of migraine head pain it's sharp, it's throbbing, and it's burning. It's all of these sensations at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was saying about like the more holistic whole body aspect with a migraine, you're getting things like light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, smell sensitivity, um, weakness throughout your body. There are many people that experience migraine with not much head pain. They have all these mm-hmm. other symptoms that are 
you know, that cause dysfunction for them. Mm-hmm. So migraine really is just more of a whole body thing. And I, I agree with you. I think obviously they're much, they're typically more disabling, more debilitating. Um, I, you know, there are those, I mean, there are plenty like chronic migraine people like me, like, you know, eventually over time we learn how to do more. We have a higher tolerance for the pain. So we learn how to do more at a high level, but it's really hard to function with a migraine. Whereas a headache, it's more of just a thorn in your side. I feel like. Yeah. What are some things that you do to help when you have a migraine and when you're at like a really high level of pain? So when I'm already at a pretty high level of pain, um, you're kind of, I, for me, I'm just, I'm kind of going into survival mode. Okay. What do I do just to get through this? Like for me at a very, very high level of pain, there are other things involved, like typically vomiting Mm. and my vomiting will last for up to seven, eight hours sometimes. So the goal there is to get that under control because the more dehydrated I get, the more the migraine is going to get worse. Yeah. Um, but as far as managing the pain for me personally, I haven't had, um, I haven't had many good experiences with um, medication. Yes. So the things that I have found that worked for me are things like scorching hot baths mm. and essential oils. And um, I do have a medication for my nausea to help prevent the vomiting. But as far as pain goes, I use natural remedies completely, um, essential oils, um, cannabis products, um, like I said, hot baths, things like that, ice packs. Yeah. Um, basically anything. Yeah. Anything to, to take the edge off to to just get through until it'll break because eventually it does break. But, um, yes, for me personally, I just, I haven't had any success with, um, the medications that are supposed to stop an attack like that, you know, for not the preventative medicines, but the ones that are you know supposed to really nip it in the bud. And I've never had a good experience. It's never been effective for me. So I've had to kind of look for other ways to handle it. Yeah. Like an Imitrex or something like that. Oh my God. was, that was the first, my first trip to the hospital. I was 11 years old. Really? Because it, it, it made it so much worse. Oh <laughs> yes. my goodness. Yeah. So yeah, things like that. Exactly. That's crazy. Um, so w- you're kind of starting to talk a little bit about oils and bringing those into your, into your like realm of healing, I guess. Like when, um, how did you get into those? Like, I know that you use oils for all kinds of things, like not necessarily just pain, just, you know, other parts of your life. So how did you get into that? And like, maybe what are some of your favorite oils? I don't know much about oils, so I'm interested. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Essential oils have really kind of changed my life and I found them out of desperation. Um, well, okay. I, I heard about them. They were kind of, it was kind of when it was coming up as a trend, I mean, this was probably five or six years ago. And I had a friend um, in my small group that she was experimenting with oils and she's like, Oh, let me bring you stuff. Cause she knew what I was struggling with. And she did. And, you know, I never latched onto it at the time. I just didn't really even notice much of a difference. And then a couple of years later I became debilitated and um, I was super desperate and decided to give it another go. And that's, what led me to essential oils. And I mentioned the first time only because for those listening and for those that don't know much about essential oils, it can really matter what the sourcing is and, Mm -hmm. and what results you will see. So 
I had written it off back then. And I had said, you know, this isn't going to work. This isn't helpful because the quality of oils that I was given from my friend were really bad and Mm -hmm. they didn't, they were not therapeutically effective. And so if I had known that at the time, I wonder if I would have explored further and had this support earlier in my life and in my journey. But so because of that, I had written them off. And then a few years later, my mom actually um, reintroduced me to them. She's my number one advocate, basically. Um, Mm. And so she's always looking for solutions. And so she got me this kit um, and I started using them. And obviously it wasn't this miracle relief for the pain that I was, you know, in, you know, in my heart of hearts, hoping for and wanting, you know, we dream as chronic illness patients. But I can tell you, it was the first thing that I felt supported with um, as far as being in those high pain moments and being able to smell something and put some on me. And there was some sense of relief mm. is the first, first um, thing like that that I'd ever experienced because no medication had ever done that. No, nothing else had ever done that in those um, high pain moments. But then there, like you said, I do I use them for everything. So that led to me using them for things like sleep. Um, at the time when we first started using them, my husband, um, he works in the hospital setting. So he has a very high stress job. And that usually when he's working, it's sleep is just terrible because he can't stop thinking about his patients. He's anxious. He has all these thoughts going on in his head. And I was the same way I was seeing my clients at the time too. And we just noticed an immediate difference with sleep. So those were the kind of first two things that got us hooked. And now we, we do use them in every part of our lives. We use them for cleaning, for personal care, and then for emotional health, sleep, pain, all sorts of stuff. And um, we, we exclusively work with Young Living Essential Oils and use those oils because we do trust their sourcing and their quality. Yeah. Um, so that's a little snippet on essential oils. There's so much I could talk about if there's, but I don't, I'm not sure where to go. Yeah. There. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I know for me, the first time that I was ever around oils, it was like my husband had purchased one on Amazon or something and I didn't like notice any difference with it either. But like, um, I recently, a few weeks ago, I had a migraine and we used peppermint and it was crazy how much it helped. It didn't alleviate it, but it helped. Mm-hmm. I was able to alleviate a li- just enough of the pain that I wasn't hysterical um, mm-hmm. and, and was able to kind of focus on that and it definitely relieved some of the pressure. Um, so it was crazy just the difference in the type of oils that we use and why is that important is there um from at least from what i know the little bit that i know like there can be pretty much anything in some of these oils that you're getting on like amazon for five bucks so right right there's really no system to regulate essential oils and for any i mean for most of us that are kind of more in this wellness sphere of the world we we know that even the organizations that are set up in place to regulate stuff aren't really that tr- trustworthy yeah so you know it is very difficult to to know what you're getting i mean they can put added fragrance into these oils they can put fillers they can put um completely synthetic versions of the oil i mean there there are a lot of 
things that you could potentially be getting. So, and because there's nothing to regulate that, I mean, it, it does continue to just kind of fall in your lap. You kind of have to be your own advocate, ask questions, and also know what's important to you. There are multiple major essential oil companies out there and they all have their different system of sourcing and they all have their reasons as to why their system is the best. Mm. So I know for me, I had to take time into research these different systems and just you know decide for myself at the end of the day, which system do I trust the most and which oils do I feel like provide the, the purest, most high quality therapeutic grade essential oil. And, um, that's how we landed on young living because they do, they own the majority, they own so many farms. Um, whereas most, if not all of the other essential oil companies are getting their oils from farms that they don't own. They are doing their own testing, but they're not like, it's not a hands-on process. They're not they don't own these companies. So it's not theirs. I really appreciated that about Young Living. And then we've gotten, I've gotten to go to a farm and see their process and see the, the things that they take into consideration to prevent, you know, that take away from the quality of the oil. But this is also another really interesting, just about aromatherapy essential oils in general. You might have the purest oil, but there's, there's something in the process of steam distillation. There's for each oil, there's going to be a completely perfect opportune time to um, extract that oil and get the, the most constituents out of it. So like, for example, you could be st steam distilling an oil for two hours and take the oil out from it, bottle it and send it out. But it might not be at its hot, highest quality until five hours of steam distillation. Mm. You know, like some of those constituents might not have come out of the plant yet. So there's a, there's definitely a distinct science behind this as to when to get the most therapeutic qualities out of your plant into an essential oil. And there's a lot of companies that just completely disregard that because it's not efficient, obviously. Yeah. Like if you're trying to pump, um, pump out these products, you don't want to wait extra hours for hundreds, I mean, almost hundreds more constituents in some cases, yeah. which I mean, then those constituents could mean they can be antiviral, they can be antibacterial, they can be um, anti-cancerous, anti-inflammatory. I mean, there's just, there's really endless possibilities with essential oils and that's why they're so cool to me and so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I feel like more and more people are using them, which is really cool. I'm hearing about it more, yes. even outside of like the chronic illness space. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, more acceptance is coming in and then I'm, I, I'm personally also seeing more acceptance in like the, the medical community there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a hospital in Hawaii that just recently, um, established a relationship with specifically young living, but they're using just aromatherapy and essential oils and supporting their patients. And that's just so exciting to me because I think that's a misconception with many people. It's like you either have to love it or hate it, or you either have to think it's the cure-all or it's nothing. And that's not, that's not true. Like it, yeah. it can work well with Western medicine. It can work well with all sorts of different forms of treatment. It's just another supportive aid. And I think when all of these treatments come together, it, it provides the best experience for patients. So it's really encouraging to see that coming into hospitals because I mean, being hospitalized is just so hard. Yeah. It's so difficult. And if you can have aromatherapy there to even just lift up your mood while you have to lay in that bed for however long, you know, that yeah. is worth something, Yeah. whether or not it's completely curing you or not. So yeah. it is, it's really exciting. Yeah. Or even just making you happier because it smells better than the hospital room does or something. Like right. That. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it will also, I mean, if we really, if it continues to become more accepted, 
we can use these oils in like we can empower ourselves to help us with minor issues at home before having to resort to going to a doctor and paying all that money and using their time when yeah. it, you know, it could, could be better served in a different way. So what are some of your, this might be a really hard question to answer, but like some of your favorite <laughs> oils or like maybe your most used oils. Yeah. Oh, that is a hard question. Um, <laughs> You're like my. <laughs> I mean, so many good ones. Well, and then once you start combining them, it's like the possibilities are just endless. Oh. Um, yeah, because you can create so like, many different blends and yeah. certain oils. When they combine together, they enhance each other. Oh, and so that's also exciting. But as far as singular oils, I think probably my favorite is going to be frankincense. Um, frankincense is it's pretty i think pretty well known well known by most people um just because it's in obviously like christmas stories and biblical stories um but it is such a cool oil because it has a very strong healing power it's great for your skin um i personally use it i forgot to mention that i also have hydrogenitis separativa oh. which i'm not sure some people consider that an autoimmune disorder but i'm not sure if that's accepted. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but yeah. it's a skin issue and it's very difficult to treat. And in um, Western medicine, it's usually treated with antibiotics and topicals and those have never worked for me, but frankincense, I can put on it and it's resolved within like a day, which is just amazing. So it's great for skin. If you're looking into anti-aging stuff, it's great for wrinkles and um, having firmer skin, but it's also really, it enhances enhances spiritual connection in this really just amazing way. So to use it during yoga or meditation, or mm -hmm. if you're experiencing anxiety, things like that, it's very grounding and I think can really help you connect to your inner spirit. Um, there are also really exciting studies coming out. Um, like if you just go to PubMed and type in frankincense, I'm sure you can find some about its ability to fight cancer cells. Mm. So this is all, you know, it's fresh. It's there's a lot of work to still be done, but it's really exciting what is coming out so far about yeah. that. Um, and then after that, I, I have to mention lavender because lavender is what we essentially call the um, Swiss army knife of essential oils because it can do nearly anything. It's great for sleep support, also really good for skin. It's amazing at healing things like cuts and burns um, and preventing scarring. Um, I said sleep. It's great for relaxing. We add it to like Epsom salt baths all the time. For some people, depending on the person, it can be um, like energizing. And then for others, it can be more relaxing for things like anxious feelings and stuff like that. But like for people when they come to me and they're like, I need an oil for this. What should I use? And I'm like, what do you have? It's usually lavender that can just fit any kind of um, last minute need sort of thing. Lavender is amazing. Those are probably my top two, but seriously, there are so many great oils. And then once, like I said, once you combine them, like Young Living is kind of famous for um, their Thieves blend, um, yeah. which is a pretty common blend in the aromatherapy world in general, but it's amazing for cleaning. It smells like Christmas. It's wonderful. So Yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> I love it. It smells like Christmas. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's wonderful. So what are some other things like outside of oils or with oils that you use kind of in your day to day to I like just to kind of bring it back to like mental health and like keeping yourself as healthy as you can <coughs> daily. 
um, what are some things that, that you do daily that like help you feel connected to yourself and as healthy as you're able to feel? Yeah. Um, one kind of before like moving over to the more like clearly mental health stuff. Well, for me personally, I started doing castor oil packs when I saw my naturopath and she ordered it and I was just really amazed and surprised about the support. It did kind of, it released a lot of emotions. Mm. Um, the more I did it and I need to get back into doing it regularly again, but it, it did connect well with emotions. And so I would often have my journal nearby to kind of tag team those. So journaling is another thing that I try to do every day to help mm. with the mental health aspect of it, kind of processing what's going on. But also I think it's a good reminder. Like I can go back and read things from a year and a half ago when I was first in this really debilitated state and see where I was and see how far I've come. So there are multiple ways that that can be helpful. It's just great to get it out on paper, honestly, too. Um, I think journaling is, is really key in, in mental health in general. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I mean, I do meditations every day and essential oils are supportive in probably every single one of these things. I especially either have essential oils or incense burning during mm -hmm. meditation. Um, there's, there's just something so powerful about scent and its ability, especially if you're the type of person that just has a hard time kind of connecting with that more abstract side of yourself mm -hmm. or even just the you know, emotions aren't fun, you know, a yeah. lot of the time. Nope. They're hard <laughs> and they hurt. <laughs> and so um, having that scent can really help unlock those things. But um, I mean, outside of like meditation, yoga and journaling, those are probably the key things I do for my mental health. I mean, I, I also see a psychotherapist weekly and then there are foundational things as far as like diet and sleep um, that I also try to maintain consistently um, more preventatively and to have a, a foundation of health in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so, there are so many resources out there for mental health. It's really exciting. So many like journal prompts. If you're the kind of person that doesn't know what to say and just needs some questions to kind of process through, there's tons of resources out there and that have been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Journaling can be like so, so great. I think depending on the day I use it in different ways, like sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do like a future self journal. And then some days yeah. it's literally me just like, getting up and writing down everything in my head. Even if it ends yes. up being like half of a to-do list, I'm just like, I just need it out. Like I just need it out of there <laughs> so mm -hmm. that I can like think clearly. I think, and I think that's such a good point. I do think for some, for some people, it's just, you have this pressure to, I don't know, put something on paper that's monumental or that's really yeah. just laying out your soul and really cleaning things out. And it's like, no, sometimes you just need to get the mundane out, the to-do lists or ex say exactly how I feel, even if it's kind of silly in the moment, you know, it's just getting, yeah. it, getting anything out. That's, I think that's a great point. It's really yeah. helpful. Or like my husband is being a jerk today. Right. <laughs> right. To his face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, sometimes we filter those things because like, Oh, what if they read it? But like, no, no, yeah. you just need to get, yourself out there. You need to make space for yourself. It's, it's really important. Yeah. Do you, speaking of husbands, do you feel that you have a good support system, especially now that you haven't been able to work and things like that? Do you feel like you have a good support system? I am very blessed as far as 
I have a wonderfully supportive husband. I am fortunate enough to where his salary and his job affords me the ability to not have to worry so much about returning to work. Um, even though it's definitely a, a personal value and I have a very hard time with this, I miss working greatly, but I, mm. I do that, that does help significantly, um, that having that tangible support, but then also, um, he is just, even the things that he doesn't understand, he's willing to try and willing to learn. And I think that's the biggest thing in this. Um, I would say that as far as my friendships go, it has been very revealing as to, um, which friends are willing to ride this wave with me. Um, mm -hmm. cause it's, it's not fun and it's yeah. not easy and we both get hurt in the process and, um, it does requ require just a lot of, you know, tapping into emotions and communicating them with each other, conflict and, and coming out the other side. And just unfortunately in our time now, there's a lot of people that just are not interested in that and don't have the energy for it, um, which I respect, but it, it is very difficult. So for me personally, I guess within the last year and a half, I feel like um, the, the support system I thought I had was not accurate. And I do have a very supportive husband. I have a very supportive mother. And um, there are a few friends here and there that have shown themselves to be supportive and people that I could never have expected have come into my life. And that's been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but it has been, it has been revealing as far as a system that I thought was very supportive um, was not. So yeah. it's been a learning. It's definitely been a growing and learning experience as far as support system. What do you think? Um, what do you wish people knew that we're trying to, to support someone that had a chronic illness or something similar to you. What do you What do you wish that you that you knew that um, that would help someone be able to be a good support to you? Yeah, I think honestly, what I'm coming to recently is that the main thing is to just almost like just not be afraid, mm -hmm. um, and like like I said, willing to try. Um, yeah. And I think those two go hand in hand, but I, cause I, I think the majority of us, when we don't try, it's because we're afraid. Yep. We're afraid that we're going to say something wrong, do something wrong, um, you know, or have to connect with a piece of ourselves that we don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, just keep trying. So in that, I mean, it's important, I think for Spoonies, for chronic illness patients to feel heard and validated and understood. It's also really hard to understand something you've never been through. But if you're willing to continue to show up and try and ask questions. And the other thing is part of that trying and being afraid is we are going to hurt each other's feelings and that's going to happen. And that's okay. What makes it not okay is when we're not willing to talk about it, when we're not willing to apologize and when we're not willing to admit that we did make a mistake, even if we didn't mean to, um, and that we are willing to try and learn and try and, you know, not, we're not asking our friends to change who they are, but to try and learn and adapt with us in this, in this new way of life. Um, but I do think all of that just goes, like I said, goes back to being willing to show up and try mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, cause I think, you know, in my experiences with my friendships, it's, you know, when it, it, they did fall apart when it was like, Hey, this hurt my feelings. And 
so many people are afraid of that and not not being willing to like okay let's just sit down and try and understand this and see how we can learn and grow and and move forward it's oh crap i hurt somebody's feelings we can't be friends anymore sort of thing which it's obviously not that clear cut but i'm i'm kind of summarizing a lot here but that it, it seems to be a general kind of assumption of where we're at it and i think that's partly societal and cultural stuff but um yeah just it's it's okay to hurt each other as long as we are willing to work through that conflict and learn and, and try and do better and love each other. Yeah. So, sorry, that went on a tangent, oh, but no. basically. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's so true. And I think I totally agree with you. I feel like the times that I haven't been able to support someone have been personally because I was afraid of it and because it was bringing up things about me that I didn't love. Even when my husband got sick last year, we went through a really, really rough time because I didn't know how to take care of someone. I was used yeah. to the sick one. And now I had to be this like nurturing person, even though I still was very sick. And I was like, I mean, I fought that. I didn't want to. And, yeah. uh, and it was really hard for me to be, to be supportive and to like understand that I could switch roles and that I could do these things even when I was sick. And, but yeah, it brought up this part of me that was like, whoa, I didn't realize that I could be that selfish. I didn't realize that mm -hmm. I could be that way. And it was scary. Like, um, to not only be seeing your partner kind of deteriorating, but then also being like, holy crap, like I'm not being <laughs> very helpful in this situation. But, um, but yeah, being able to be honest about that and like working through it. And for me, therapy has been extremely helpful. Um, mm -hmm. So just like being able to have someone outside of the situation to like talk through some of the emotions that I'm feeling. But yeah, but yeah. yeah. It, it's, it is really just such a hard situation. And I, I do want to mention when my, my husband started being a therapist too, and I, when we both started getting in it, it, it definitely made it easier to support each other. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, it is. It's just, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. But it's worth it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. And even those hard conversations, you know, where it's like, I don't want to tell this person that I, that they've hurt my feelings. Cause I know they're trying and I know they're in over their head too. But it's like, once we have, once I just put it out there and yeah. have that conversation, we're so much more intimate afterwards and we're so much closer and we actually are handling life better each time we do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's totally worth it in the end. It just doesn't feel like it initially or in the moment sometimes. Yeah. Or most, most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. So I have one last question for you. And it's kind of like a, sum, a summary. Some, <laughs> why can I not say <laughs> A summary of like everything. But how... And maybe this was something that you kind of had from the beginning, but how did you learn to give yourself grace? Like, I know that not being able to, <laughs> and maybe I'm sure that it's something that you're still working through, but like, how do you do that? It's almost funny for, for me to hear those words come out of your mouth because I don't feel that way at mm. all. I don't feel gracious. I don't feel, um, it, so to answer your question, it is a daily minute to minute battle. Yep. Um, I am fighting thoughts that tell me that I am worthless, constantly useless. Um, just so many negative thoughts because of 
where I'm at. And because, I mean, where I'm at is not appreciated by society. I mean, according to all the message externally, I am just a waste of time almost, you know? Mm. So, and that makes it so much harder to fight the battle that's already in front of me. So, um, I really, like, that's really encouraging to me to hear you say that. Cause that tells me that I am growing and I'm getting better at it. <laughs> um, but it is a lot of just kind of breaking down those thoughts and a lot of persistence. Um, I guess the first thing was just to be aware of them that mm-hmm. they were happening. Um, but to even in those moments where I want to believe them and even though in those moments where it's really hard to fight them, it's like, you just have to keep repeating what is true. It's like, I am enough. I am valuable. I am doing the best that I can do. It's like, even if I don't believe them, I have to repeat them. And so mm-hmm. it's been learning how to do that, how to get those messages in. Honestly, to go back to kind of the relationships in your life, if, if you struggle with something similar like me, I had to move away from several relationships that were kind of perpetuating that thinking mm-hmm. and that cycle. Mm-hmm. So I had to be aware of what I was putting in my environment and what I was surrounding myself with, because that was making it 10 times harder to show myself grace because there's so many messages out there that are telling you the opposite. They want you to judge everything. They want you to criticize everything. Everything's a commodity. So it's really a countercultural thing. Um, I do also, I have to mention the source for me, um, for my messages that what I speak to myself, the reason I value grace so much is my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, it does play a huge role in my life. Um, it is, I believe the only reason I have any strength to get through this. Um, so my concept of grace, the messages of grace that I receive are a lot of that has to do and comes from my faith. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it has to be, it's another thing that it's a habit and it's a daily thing and it's not, it's not overnight, you know, so you just have to keep, you have to keep working on it. And I think for me, I, it was, it got to a point where it's like, well, what message am I going to tell myself? Am I going to tell myself this terrible message of I'm nothing and I might as well just die? Cause what is that going to tell like, what, yeah. what is that? Yeah. So when, you know, it's just one day I had to wake up and make a choice and still have to do that every single day. And yeah, you know, the darker thoughts kind of went out, but for most days I continue to try and fight for grace. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, sometimes minute by minute or second by second and it's you know being being happy with yourself and and giving yourself grace for what may seem like very small things to other people but being able to acknowledge those and give yourself that little bit even if that's all that you can give yourself that day is you know what I got up today mm-hmm. I meditated today and I'm really happy that I was able to to do that. Like, um, and I think like, it's so hard, especially like, I, I can't even imagine, but like living in, I live in such a, we all live in a go, go, go area, but like, especially with me living in Chicago, like, you know, having to have conversations going into interviews being like, there will be days that I cannot come in and I need you to support that. And there will be days where, you're going to ask me a question and I won't be able to answer you. And I need you to know that. And I need you to be able to support that. And, and living in um, a city that's like so career driven. And so like, how do we get ahead of everyone else? It's been really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like a huge reason that we've thought about moving out of the city because it, it Mm -hmm. doesn't, 
perpetuate that like negative feeling of like, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not growing enough. I'm not making enough. <laughs> like, Definitely. Definitely. I, I mean, I just think environment plays such a huge role. I think, and that's a major lesson that I am still actively learning for me. I was taking all these external messages and allowing them to determine my internal world. So what is valuable as far as my productivity, what I'm doing. And it wasn't until I, you know, the only way that I get glimpses of kind of looking at myself differently is when I am in that so extreme pain and so extreme place of disability that I miss just being able to do the dishes. Yeah. You know? And so when I, start focusing just on my internal world and start pushing like the external world out and those messages out. That's when I begin to appreciate more what I can do. Yeah. But I mean, it is so hard to reconcile the two because yeah, we live in America. We live in the most, one of the most fast paced countries in the world that continues to strive for efficiency and busyness without any value towards rest. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really hard to compete with that when your body won't. Let you. Yeah. When your body wants to do the opposite of what everyone thinks you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, yeah, I could definitely see how being in Chicago and being in the heart of all that um, busyness and just we're doing this and we're doing that, how, how that would just really weigh on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. We're moving to the suburbs of Chicago this um, at the end of this month, actually, which will be really helpful. We won't, you know, we'll be, instead of being right downtown in the city, what, like that's a target right across that you can see. Um, I'll be in a house with the yard and trees and grounding yeah. and we won't share walls and um, I won't be dealing with traffic, things like that. We would eventually like to get out of the area just in general, um, but it's a good first step for us is kind of yeah. moving past that and being able to, like you said, like kind of separate everybody else's expectations and society's expectations and be like, this is what works for us though. Um, Right. Exactly. And then I think for me personally, I'm hoping that once that foundation for me grows, that I will be able to be more connected with the external world without letting it affect me in such a negative way. Yeah. I mean, the goal isn't to be completely separated from the world, but it is to just heal, take care of myself and be okay with my life instead of letting them dictate that. Yeah. Well, I love this. This was so fun. Is there anything? Yeah, this is great. Where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you or talk to you about oils or just about experiences or just connect with you in general? Yeah. So the best way to probably connect with me is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my handle is kels.ravi, um, R-A-V-I. And so please like don't be afraid to talk to me or hesitate. Like I love connecting with people. So messaging me on there is a great way um, to connect. Um, And I, yeah, like I said, I'll answer any questions or, I mean, if you're even just a spoonie struggling, like I can't tell you how helpful that medium has been for me to build relationships. So I'm here, please message me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll put it in, um, in the show notes and in the blog post and everywhere so that people can find you easily that way. But anyway, before I got ahead of myself, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners before we end here today? I mean, I guess I just want to, you know, send out a message of encouragement, especially to those that are, you know, suffering. It is hard. And there are so many times that we feel like we can't do it, but you know, one minute at a time. And I think 
if we can connect and be there to support each other, then we can do so much. But um, yeah, I guess just a message of, you know, don't give up and there, I'm here. There are plenty of people out there that can be here for you. Yeah. So, uh, one day at a time, we'll get through it. I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. That's so much fun.